0: What's going on, Conscious Wealth Podcast family? In today's episode, we're taking you guys behind the scenes into one of our high-level masterclasses that I gave recently on this concept of the fourth turning that you have likely heard me talk about before on social media. This episode is going to be a part one of a two-part series in part one today i'm going to dive into what exact indicators you can study to determine if we're in the midst of an economic collapse what societal trends from the last 600 plus years tell us about today and most importantly how you can position yourself for a once every 100 year opportunity that i believe we're currently heading into i hope you enjoy and make sure to come back and tune in for part two, where we're going to get more practical and get into some actual solutions. This book predicted 2020. So there's all sorts of doom and gloom type prophecy books. That shit doesn't often come true. It'll say this is going to happen by 2020 or this is going to happen by Y2K and it's way off. Humanoid robots are going to run the world and we're going to be slaves to them by 2020. It's like, uh oh, you're a bit off there. This predicted a catastrophic crisis. It even said in the realm of biological warfare. <laughs> which, you know, I'll just leave it at that in 2020. So that's interesting. So, let's get into the fourth turning. We're going to start with what are the signs? of the end of a fourth turning. Actually, before I get into that. So what the fuck is a fourth turning? So there's four turnings. Think of each of them, one fourth of a box and they make up a box. Okay. So there's four turnings. You have your first phase called the first turning. You have your second phase called the second turning. You have your third phase called the third turning. And then you have the fourth phase called the fourth turning. The book is called the fourth turning, but it's about phases. It's about human cycles that have repeated all throughout history. And it's a fucking masterclass on how they've repeated, but we think we're so unique and different. We think this time will be different, but it rarely is because humans struggle to be different outside of our animal selves. That's what we're actually dealing with. And that's why I love the framework. It's not a political framework at all. It just overlays real world examples and shows you during this time, this is What's likely to be occurring in terms of sentiment and overall perspective of the masses? And then this is what transpired, and here's how it matched up. And it's eerily on point. The first turning you can think of as like a rebuilding phase. That's kind of what I talked about previously, so there's some overlap. After a war, then you start the first turning, like a new system. And so the first turning you can imagine is like optimism and a lot of opportunity, and things are equal. Then you get into the second turning. And then you get into the third turning and the second turning is really just a little bit of building upon the first turning, not too much different about that one. The third turning is where you start to reach a little bit of, uh, coming down from a peak of like, okay, there are some signs of things starting to decline a little bit, but it's not, it doesn't happen as quickly as people think. And then you enter the fourth turning. And the fourth turning is the dying of an old system, usually fourth turnings, the end of a fourth turning, because these are huge secular chunks, guys. We're talking about 25 to 30 years per turning, and there's four of them. So this is a lot of time to cover. The ending of a fourth turning is typically signified by civil war, world war, or a complete black swan crisis interesting. so signs of the end of a fourth turning number one, like I just said, it's typically classified as a time of war and or revolution. If you think about 2020, we didn't exactly have war. what did we had? We had a lot of rioting, protesting, black lives matter, racial stuff spurring up, uh, classes. so not only were classes battling but races were battling. and then 2021, Now, nations are battling Russia, Ukraine. Talk of China always. Okay. Checks that box. A great crisis, as they refer to it, or a black swan event manifests, bringing forth a level of chaos previously unimaginable. That's a pretty good explanation for COVID coming out of a random lab in China, apparently, from like a pig, I think, or a bird. So that's interesting. Next on the checklist is social unrest reaches its peak. I'd say we're pretty much there. I'd say it got pretty spicy in 2020 and 2021. Next, division between political parties reaches its peak. If you remember the chart where it it was up and down showing the allocation of wealth for the 0.1% comparing the 99%. If you saw on there it talked about the age of populism and the rise of populists, it showed that populists tend to rise when uh, inequality is at its greatest. Well, if you look into and like more deeply understand what like populism and a populist is, Donald Trump was that. So a populist is someone who's very strong in their views and comes around with a message of not being afraid to fight, not being afraid to stand for what they stand for. If if this is the right and this is the left, like a populist is far to one side. They're strong in what they believe. They are not looking to compromise that type of person. And that only arises cyclically when the conditions are just right. How did Trump, like no one thought he was going to win in 2020. How did that happen? We were nearing the end of a fourth turning. When you start to understand these things, it's no wonder he won. Like people were shocked. It's like, no, like people wanted an aggressive type ideology or leader or whatever if you will and history just repeats itself around that that's why we went from that to like people got tired of that a little bit then they wanted like someone who can't even chew their own food and then it kind of will probably swing back the other way that type of energy only arises during a fourth turning political polarity reaches a peak and that as well was check since 2020 so so far we have A great crisis. We have social unrest. We have division, political polarity. So three out of the four. Then social trust in mainstream media, institutions, and systems reach their all-time low during fourth turnings. Hmm, that's definitely where we're at. And you can look up statistics. It doesn't need to be an opinion. There has never been this low of approval ratings, like viewers watching the news. People watch podcasts now, Joe Rogan, more than fucking CNBC primetime on the the nightly news. It's not even close, like 10 to 1 or more. So there's that aspect of people just aren't tuning in. And then also when they do, they do a lot of surveys and statistics, surveying people anonymously of when you hear things on the news, how likely are you to trust it? It is at record low levels since the invention of the television. Hasn't been lower. People don't believe it. So I want you to think about the world we're in right now. The majority of people know that what they're being fed is a lie in terms of whether that's like advice from an authority, what their president is telling them, what the news is telling them, or what any sort of authority or system figure is telling them is good for them. They know that that's probably not true, but we're still in the system. So that's the that's kind of where we're at with things, and that's very characteristic of a fourth turning. Civil wars are very very common. I've been looking for that. For example, for those of you in Canada, I was just waiting for something like that to happen. In Canada, that was kind of the first aspect we saw of some sort of like civil war type vibe where you could actually see it going down with all the truckers taking a stand, et cetera. And then we had the rush to Ukraine. So I was waiting for the few remaining boxes that weren't checked to be checked. And then they got checked. I wouldn't be overly concerned. These are characteristic of the times. And they're necessary. And what I, what I told a few of you, these things are necessary for us to move on. We need chaos and destruction before we can usher in order and structure. That's the masculine feminine. And right now, shit's cleansing itself. It's like a dark night of the soul. Ugly, suppressed, shadow energetics needing to be purged. And then order can be ushered in. But you can't have the light without the dark. So it's not all love and light. It's not all like things aren't working out. So like, let's just all agree to do something better. It's like, it's going to get real. And I don't mean that in like a fear sense. I'm not saying it's going to get so much worse. I'm just saying that the energy of people sometimes think like, why can't we just like move on and agree? It's like, it just doesn't work like that. The pendulum has to swing. What goes up must go down. What goes left must go right. You can only have as much light as you face in the shadow, right? So think of that. Actualize. It's got to get fucking real. So everyone agrees we're done with this system. We're moving on. If it's not bad enough, they're going to try to save it. Hey guys, really quick, exciting announcement for you. We have decided to offer a thousand dollars in a surprise giveaway to one lucky Conscious Wealth podcast supporter. All you have to do is leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So rate the show five out of five stars, as well as let us know how you're liking the show in a few sentences. And lastly, screenshot your publicly submitted podcast review and email it to solutions at gmail.com to enter yourself to potentially win. That is J-E-S-S period A-L-I-G-N-E solutions at gmail.com the winner will be randomly chosen on the last day of the month which is going to be september 2022 may the odds be ever in your favor now let's get back to the show polarization is at its peak during the end of a fourth turning i think that's pretty obvious go on twitter go on any social media you have you have camps That's why I'm so actively adamant about always putting out, nah, I see all perspectives and I am all things. Those of us in the spiritual community, I think it hinders you to adopt any name, label, or say, I'm this. What do you mean you're this? We're fucking humans. The human experience is spiritual, period. So if you're human, congrats, you're spiritual. Maybe you haven't accepted that yet. But what happens to some of us is we get this spiritual ego and then we start to go, I'm a vegan. So like, if you eat meat, I can't sit with you. So the whole polarization thing, it's a necessary aspect of where we're at. But my little rant is just somewhat related because it's like, you see, where do you see most of that? Social media. Tribalism manifests itself. Labels aren't helpful, but you're going to see a shitload of labels at the end of a fourth turning. There's much less, let's all just get along, free love in the 60s, right? Like, think about that. So so if the new system started in 1945, and you guys, I'm sure, have heard of the 60s, like acid and open sex and uh, festivals and being naked all the time, like, that was just 15 years after a new regime. So that's some real shit. Like, no wonder that happened. That couldn't happen now. It could happen in 20 years. But we have to go through this first. That's kind of where we're at. The sixties is the opposite of polarization. It was like love and light. Let's all just take LSD and (laughs) roll around in the grass. (laughs) And today is more like, oh, you're a Democrat. Like, I don't like you. Oh, you're my neighbor and you're vaccinated. Like, I'm not going to speak to you. That's kind of where we're at. So I won't get into like anything further than that. It's just like, obviously these things are important to be recognized. Next is going to be cultural expression. This is an interesting one. And yet again, this is what we're seeing. Cultural expression redirects more towards community during fourth turnings. That's an interesting one because there is no negative connotations about that. It just tends to be a byproduct of when there's polarization, when there's angst around civil war, when there's lack of trust, when there's division, when there's unrest, when there's a crisis, what do all of those things kind of remind you of the need and the value of? Community. It's kind of like how somehow I created uh, the LUC a month before COVID happened. You'll never convince me that that was a coincidence. (laughs) And then the world shut down and the need for community skyrocketed, right? If this were completely different economic conditions, I don't know that the LUC would have been this successful, but the world shut down and we weren't allowed to go be in person. And so it, it became a real thing of people desiring community. And that was my path as well. Like, and that's probably just a coincidence, but we are all connected. Um, since 2020 in the lockdown, like I really, came full circle to the value of community much more so than ever before. And I don't know if that's true that you guys can resonate or maybe that was just my experience, but, um, definitely interesting to notice that. And what are we seeing a shitload of? Like, let's think about the sovereignty movement now, right? Like I've really only been speaking on that for about a year, a year now, maybe less, like at least publicly, what brought everyone to sovereignty and what is a big piece of sovereignty? It's like returning back to the land, returning back to the roots, returning back to how we used to live like in private communities and not needing someone else's money and doing like even the aspects of like barter and private banking and all of that, right? So that's interesting as well, because even the sovereignty movement, it didn't take off until 2020. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Many of you probably didn't come across it until I I introduced it to you, but uh, yeah, it didn't really take off until 2020 because the world wasn't ready until we had what we had happen and they showed their hand and it's like, oh, okay. So freedom is extremely fucking important. And an aspect of that is community because we had that taken from us. So we're seeing that manifest in a number of different ways as well. And then lastly, institutions, signs of the end of a fourth turning. Institutions systemically collapse and new systems are born. Allow me to give you some examples. Probably the two easiest ones. Major mainstream media companies and banks. What's replacing mainstream media companies? Well, technology changed the world. That's why I will never understand people that solely view technology from an apocalyptic negative lens. Technology gave us all an opportunity. It connected me with every single one of you here. You would not have have ever found this group or this information or these opportunities. Technology redistributes wealth as well. How do I know? Well, it used to be haves and have-nots, and you would never have access to this information or an ability to even be able to make it. Well, what changed? YouTube? Podcasts? Now, like I said, Joe Rogan gets over 10 times the amount of views than CNBC Nightly News on a random podcast where he's smoking weed in a ghillie suit with Duncan Trussell. That's fucking bananas. We have become the media. Social media influencers get more views on their shit than a fucking billboard in Times Square. That's crazy so we're seeing the fall of standard media which is incredible from a spiritual angle because you can much more so trust a decentralized distribution of marketing advertising and i guess attention barrage than you can a centralized figure right kind of like how there's you know just a handful i think it's like six companies that own all all media all movie studios, all magazines, all newspapers, six dudes. So so we're seeing the decentralization of that, right? And that's another reason why I'm so passionate about innovation and technology and disruptive innovation, because this is the new world and it can lead to some creepy shit, but we're in charge of that. Humans are in charge of that. And we get to decide I mean, we at least have the ability to decide how that's going to go. So that's an, that's an example is the media. And then another example, an amazing and easy one is banking. We're seeing banking collapse. And even though banks are doing, they're hanging on right now because interest rates are in the near to short term, sorry, in the near to midterm, interest rates are like going up that benefits banks because what's their model? Their model is lending and they're able to lend at higher interest rates. So they're doing all right now, but you give them a 10-year window, they're going to be fucking declined by 2030. And what is taking the place of banks? Peer to peer. Once again, centralization, decentralization. So we used to have a centralized media model. You have to tune into this fucking tube, turn on this tube with antennas and get fucking programmed. By someone who wants you to fucking die. (laughs) That was the model. Hate to break it to you. And now you don't have to get programmed by someone who wants you to fucking die, but pretends to love you. There's a decentralization of attention. You want to watch Joe Rogan? Cool. You want to watch this podcast? Cool. You want to follow these people? Cool. That's up to you. That's up to you what you put in your mind. That's freedom. That's a level of freedom that technology unlocks. So that's one system that is collapsing is the media side. The other side, and the other example of going from centralized to decentralized is banking. So up until now, you have a select few banking cartels that run the fucking world. They have all the money. They don't have any gold. And they just do their little fraudulent uh, fractional reserve banking, where when you deposit a dollar, they can lend out 10, they make fucking racks, and then they give you 035 percent in your savings account, and they run the world. They have all the money. What we're transitioning to is peer to peer lending. Right? We see like some of the pioneers of this are going to be like uh, like fintech companies like Stripe and PayPal, maybe Mercado Libre, um, maybe, well, we'll see who else arises, um, and then. We also have crypto. That's why I'm, po- when I post something like, you can now get a mortgage against your crypto. The reason I post that is not because I'm going to go fucking get a mortgage against my crypto. <laughs> I'm going to discharge it. Duh. The reason I post that is because that is a, like, I don't think people understand how big of a paradigm shift that is. If that doesn't slap you in the face and say, hey, a new system is being ushered in right in front of your fucking face, then I don't know what to say. Because the fact you can now borrow against your own crypto means that you're your own bank, which means that they don't have power over you anymore. It just got decentralized. An anonymous person in Singapore can lend you money on a trustless Autonomous ledger. Now, yeah, there's like third party ones, like you can take a loan against Nexo or Celsius, and that is technically a little bit more centralized because there can be corruption within Celsius or Nexo because that is kind of a centralized source of power, right? But the real place we're headed to, and what the smarter people in crypto do, is they go with the decentralized routes, completely trustless completely anonymous lending and borrowing via smart contracts. That's the value of smart contracts. So once again, we're seeing these systems collapse. As of now, if you take away banking and media, they don't have much power left, guys. like I want you to think about how did all of the programming happen? Well, they took your money and devalued the fuck out of it. And then they took your attention and they turned you into a monster. If you get your attention back, and you get your concept of money, banking, and lending back, and you get a real fair shot, what is stopping us? Those are massive shifts. And that is why every single morning as part of my gratitude practice, one of the aspects or the items that I express gratitude for is just that I was born in 1992, literally. I'm just grateful to be born in this era because our parents didn't have this opportunity and their parents sure as hell didn't have this opportunity. This is a once every 80 to 120 year opportunity. And even then there will be a shitload of millennials who will be dead ass broke 10 years from now. Because if you don't know the rules and you can't recognize the writing on the wall, You will not change your behavior, and you'll be like the 45 to 50-year-old right now who's following the industrial era rules. The industrial revolution, the concept of social security, 401k, good luck. Pensions, okay. How's that working out in a 2022 world? It's not, because it was the last system brought into this system. And the same way We're about to go into the new system. You're going to have everyone hanging on to the existing system, the debt-ridden system, but we're not going into that system. So there's new rules that we're going to need to unlearn and then relearn the new rules. That's my purpose of this presentation is teaching you guys the new rules because we've all been taught the wrong fucking rules. So that was like my quest. Let me figure out the rules that no one would tell me. Had to figure it out. No one just comes along and tells you. But I truly believe that this is it. And I'm all in on this bet. It's not a singular bet. There's a ton of ways you can play it. But I am, I've never been more confident of anything in my life. And I believe this is why I was put here in the time period I was put here. I could have been born in 1700. I could have been a fucking rock. I could have been a frog. That's the meaning I've made of why I'm here and why I was born at this time. Why wasn't it my dad? Why wasn't it my grandpa? It wasn't the right time. So you need the right person, the right place, the right time, the right strategy, and the right information. And everyone on this call has that opportunity right now. The worst thing you could do is overlook this opportunity. The next one isn't going to happen for about 100 years, and you won't be here. So this is a real fucking opportunity. And it's not the type of thing where I'm creating FOMO and it's like, oh, I missed it because it happened yesterday. No, 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 no. This is a macro opportunity that will slowly unfold, but it will be masked in fear so most won't take it. And that's why I educate you guys. Because education helps quell fear. When you're, when you're uneducated, you, you fear. We fear what we don't know.